When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to DMBR Buffs After Dark. I'm uh, I'm Henry. That's Ryan. Uh, I what do you even say about that game? Ba- basically, what happened was what we expected to happen, and uh, it still wasn't any fun. Even though you can even say, I mean, Vegas said that they shouldn't have been that close. Yeah, but it definitely wasn't as close as the scoreline would I'm a little more upset uh, than I thought I would be, despite losing to Utah by 15 points, which is respectable. But I have a lot of issues with the way it went down. Uh, and I think that coaching held them back today. I think it hurt them uh, more than it helped them. And that's a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, the things that went well in that game were players making plays. Yes, exactly. Right? I mean, it's Dion Smith. With that run around the edge where he cuts back, stiff arms the guy after he breaks another tackle and turns it into a positive gain, and it's just things like that that may really made it made anything work. Some great plays by his defensive lineman, but best offensive play of the day is a free play where Dimitri Stanley makes a nice adjustment to the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have a first and first and ten from what the fifteen after a sweet interception uh, and you get zero yards and kick a field goal. Um, And of course, you know, don't get it twisted. They end up scoring 13 points. That is not 13 offensive points. (laughs) No, it is not. That is six offensive points. An incredible return. Which could have been nine. Could have been nine. Incredible return from Nico Reed. Um, Again, that's just a player making a play. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think at one point, they just said, like, we have so little offense that we might as well try to return these uh, and give ourselves a chance to score, and it worked out. I just, uh, you know, obviously we go biggest takeaways first, so yep. uh, I, I can't wait much longer before I get this <laughs> off my chest. Um, Carl Durrell punting on 4th and 13 in a miraculously two-score game is infuriating to me, Henry, and I am of the belief 
that it wasn't really a football decision. It was a optics decision because it's the last game of the season. And the further we get away from this, the further you can say, hey, look, played Texas A&M close when they were ranked mm-hmm. number, what was it, four in the country? Uh, we played Utah close when they were ranked. And then Oregon was the other ranked team we played. And, you know, we actually had a decent performance that day on mm-hmm. offense, mm-hmm. scoring 29 points. I really felt like that was a, hey, let's lose by two scores instead of three scores and get out of here and, and, you know, be able to say that we competed with the best teams we played this year. Yeah. And I mean, I disagree that that's what the thought process was. What I don't do you think it was. I think it was just a bad decision. I, I think that he looked at it and said, six minutes, we can get the ball back. We've got three timeouts. Our offense isn't going to be able to go the length of the field. We probably need to get lucky with a turnover or something fluky like that to have a chance anyway. And I think that that's the, the wrong decision, but I don't think that he did it just for optics. Yeah. I like that's so, if that's the case, it's, it's, only a little bit less bad, in my opinion. I could uh, argue that it was worse, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you – the – how out of touch you have to be to believe that that team mm-hmm. who was giving up – what was the yards per carry? Oh, boy. I had avoided looking at these stats. It wasn't good, I can tell you that. Uh, oh, that was that was Colorado, 32 for 64. Uh, oh, good. That's Utah. Two. 45 for 265, that's 5.9 per carry. So you're giving up six yards per carry. Yep. You haven't stopped anything all night. Nope. And you think that you can get the ball back, not just like at some point. You think you can get it back quickly. Three stops. What's that, 40 times three? You lose 120 seconds, two minutes off the clock. You get back with four minutes. In in a best-case scenario, the only way that game was going to be close, the only way that game you had a chance in that game was to get lucky on that fourth and thirteen. Mm-hmm. convert that and go score a touchdown there and then you you have like pressure on utah maybe yeah. something fluky happens you do to me it was cowardly uh, it's really the only word i can use to describe it mm-hmm. uh it, you aren't tr- in my opinion it, you're not you're not trying when you punt the ball there yeah i mean i think that that's fair and again just to play devil's advocate if you're also sitting there saying you know, quarterback probably has to dub, double his total passing yards on the day on this drive just to get it within one score. And then you got to do it again. And then you got to do it again. Like, it's not like that option sounds all that good either. No options were good. No. And that's why I just think, how do you not just try? It, and honestly, speaking of how do you not try, and speaking of optic decisions, mm-hmm. Brendan Lewis, what are you doing, man? This is the second time on fourth that and long bad. you're just throwing the ball out of bounds. Like, yep. the only only possible thinking could be i don't want to throw an interception and hurt my stats on the season oh i mean and football wise the only thing that could go wrong is you throw the interception and they return it for a touchdown instead of getting it there but but again like that the the cost value the all that stuff it doesn't matter. you lose either way yes you're and in fact uh, if they if they intercept it it's mm-hmm. better because it's further down the field you know probably if you yeah. make the play but down there to me yeah. it's just like the the the, the football iq on the decision from Carl Durrell mm-hmm. and on the decision from Brendan Lewis, there's really low. And, and I've been high on um, some of the coaching jobs that Carl Durrell has done um, from Sunday to Friday. Mm-hmm. But the Saturday coaching has been, and, and I guess today is also Friday, um, has been so lackluster, leaving yeah. so much to be desired. And I just, upsets are made by doing unexpected things and if you think that you're just going to be able to play regular sound football and beat uh, utah 
you're just wrong. Yep. And yeah, I think lackluster is the right word. Cause I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about game day coaching decisions. And the main one is that I think 80% of fan bases, maybe even more say this coach sucks on game days. They're always making the wrong decisions. And that's because all the coaches are always screwing that up. And I don't think that Carl Durrell is like remarkably behind the pack when it comes to college football coaching decision-making. It's fair. But it's it's lackluster. Yeah. You, you, you're looking for ways to gain an edge, and that certainly is not a way you gain an edge. And just getting back to like that fourth and 13 punt, it, it feels like it's just prolonging the inevitable. Yes. Like, by, by punting, you're saying, hey, there's four minutes, it's a two-score game. Six minutes. Yeah. You could potentially get back with, like, four, four, four and yeah. a half minutes. It's a six-point game. There's a world where you can make it work. You can pull a turnover or something that could change some things. Maybe their coach makes a bad decision. Maybe they throw the ball and it's, you know, there's... You think of all that and say, if we don't pick up a fourth and 13, the game is over. And when that is one of the options, you say, if we don't get this, the game is over. It's really tough to take that option when you know that, I mean, how many plays do they have all day that went for 13 yards? They had uh, two runs and two passes that went for 13 or more yards. And so when you have that, it's tough to get past it, but it's still the wrong decision. You still got it. That's... It's do or die time, and so again, and they died. Uh, uh, yeah, and I want to be clear here. Uh, most of my uh, anger after this one is directed at the coaching staff, and of course, part of that is Darren Cheverini, um, who yeah has to have coached his last game uh, as the offensive coordinator at CU. I don't know if there's. Oh, it almost never happens. I don't want anyone like. I don't know if they would like getting their hopes up that he would accept a demotion down to wide receivers coach. You just don't see it. You, you never see it. But he's absolutely has to have coached his last game as the offensive coordinator for Colorado. And there was nothing good to speak of this season uh, from from him and from on a play calling on Saturday uh, situation. And today was especially bad. Um, there was no counters to anything that Utah was doing. Uh, like they're crashing the edges hard. You have to stop trying to run bootlegs. They, they're sitting on that. I don't know if Brendan Lewis got the edge and was able to complete a pass on a single one of those. And then there's no, like, when you see those defensive tendencies, any good offensive coordinator looks at that and says, okay, well, here's what I can do to counter. I can run a screen over the, you know, over their head. I can, yep. you know, get the running back out of the backfield and swing it out to them out there. So many different things. And then again, I've complained about this after every game, lack of shots downfield. You don't actually need that much time to throw a nine route. Like yeah. you need a little bit more than you and would for you like a slant, but get yourself back there and let it way up in the air. And they didn't do that. They did it uh, once or twice today. One of them was the free play. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, Daniel Arias almost has in the ball. end zone. The Great closest coverage. they got to scoring a touchdown on offense all day. Um, yeah. So th that's the other thing. My final take. Well, do you have anything you want to say about the offensive play oh, calling? I mean, with Cheverini, I mean, they came into the day third from the bottom in all of FBS football and yards per game. And there's just a thing that Fourth happens. game with under 200 yards oh, of yeah, offenses. They, 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 they went just over half of their standard offensive output today. So who knows where they'll be at this point. But there's just a thing that happens to offensive coordinators who finish in the bottom three in yards per game, and that's that they are not the offensive co coordinator again next year. So, I mean, maybe there's some world where 
Carl Durrell makes a bunch of excuses and says the offensive line really was bad for a lot of the season. You know, in this game, you, you don't have however many, three of your top four receivers. You're missing uh, uh, Jarek Broussard, reigning offensive player of the year. You, you have a freshman quarterback. So maybe he does go through all those excuses and say, ah, it's worth another try. I would be shocked. There's just, I just no I way. just don't see how that could happen. And if you're Carl Durrell, here's where you can show your chops, man. Exactly. Go get someone respectable to coach your offense. Yeah. And again, you know, Darren Cheverini, great buff. A uh, lot for of sure. love for him. First as, ever Buffalo Heart Award winner. Yes. He loves to <laughs> share that fact. Um, <laughs> I actually never heard. I was like, oh, no way. That's cool. Kind of dug in. He, you know, again, great buff. A lot of heart, a lot of love for the program, uh, and I and I have love back for him. But he's in over his head at this position, and mm-hmm. and that's okay. That just happens. Yep. It's not everyone that is a good position coach is cut out to be a coordinator. Not everyone that's a good coordinator is cut out to be a head coach, and so on and so forth. He's a really good wide receivers coach. He'll probably go end up being a wide receivers coach for another program and do a good job at that. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, I don't want to pile on him too much because I I do have respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um at the same time, a lot of people talking about how hard the guys played today and and that is my final takeaway. Those guys played their asses off. They did. And I and I have so much respect for the players who had everything going against them today and really like there was no lack of effort. No. Um, you know, watching the Broncos every Sunday, we've complained about effort quite a few times from different guys. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, most notably Teddy Bridgewater on that return. Oof. You have nothing. I have nothing like that to say today. No. There's nowhere where I saw that guy didn't try hard enough. There were mistakes. There were big holes up the middle, but it wasn't an effort thing. And Except just, for, I guess, Brendan Lewis throwing away on fourth down. That's not exactly trying. But <laughs> for sure, <laughs> those guys played so hard, and that's yep. why I'm so disappointed in the coaching staff for not giving them a better chance to win. Yep. And one last thing on Darren Cheverini, because, again, we've been hard on him for months because of the results. But if, you know, he comes from Texas Tech, if he is calling the same plays the same way at Texas Tech, you're not bottom three in the country. No. You know, you're, you're probably not quite middle of the pack, but he was dealt a tough hand. Totally. And and the the... Problems with the rest of the team, everything he had to deal with, it just kind of exacerbated his mistakes yes. in a way that you wind up this far down. And when you're this far down, you just can't really make any sort of excuse. And I don't know if there was a really a lot they could have done today. No. Um, like Brendan Lewis, I don't know if he ever had more than two and a half seconds to throw the ball. Um, and again, that makes your yeah. life really difficult. But again, you weren't able to do anything like it's not mm-hmm. as if there were zero plays available against this Utah defense yep. there's stuff there you weren't able to make it and you're right Darren Cheverini gets dealt a quarterback who really for the first half of the season didn't know what he was doing um and so for that I can forgive but it's not as if he had a great body of work coming into the season no like so, there's just nothing that there's, you, there's just nothing you point to and say that's why right that's that's why we're going to take another chance yeah so to me, again, this is where Carl Durrell can say, hey, look, I've got all these connections. I can bring in someone here who yeah. can coach a damn good offense. And I actually believe that he can. For sure. There's just one step that you have to do to get there, which is let go of Darren Cheverini. Um, it's, you know, by all accounts, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily the guy he wanted in the first place. Or not. it wasn't his idea. It was the idea brought to him, hey, what do you think of this? And he rolled with <laughs> it uh, at best. 
at best. Um, and so now, again, go prove, here's why I'm here. Here's why I can do this. I'm going to bring in, you know, who knows? But there's <laughs> NFL coaches who are going to be looking for jobs after this year. Maybe you come in and grab one of those guys. Maybe you go get a guy from a low, lower-level college mm-hmm. running a better system. I don't know if he, like, if Carl Durrell doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to go air raid. <laughs> no. um, but figure something out here. Yeah, figure something out. And I, I, honestly, I don't think it's going to be somebody from the college ranks. I think that probably is somebody from the pros. I think you're looking for somebody who's a quarterback's coach or something like that on a decent offense somewhere he has ties. Um, and I, I don't know who exactly that is, and we'll spend some time going through that. But you look through, I mean, he's... You know, Brian Dable is the name you look at. You go to him. Who's his recommendation? Who on right, his staff? Right. And and there's got to be somebody, and I think that that's what it's going to end up being. It's going to be a position coach on the offensive side, probably quarterbacks, maybe receivers. Who knows? Maybe running backs. Maybe they have some – or offensive line even. And Darren Cheverini's best quality uh, or, you know, the thing that he did the best during his time here is recruit. But when he became the offensive coordinator, he There's was just no time. He's given less time to recruit. <laughs> and so that's the other thing, you know, try to get someone in here. And obviously you might, you know, you're going to have to replace a couple coaches on the offense. Um, double down on recruiting, get some young guys in here that are, yeah. you know, um, ready to go hit the road because that's one, one fear I have about going the NFL route mm-hmm. is those guys aren't exactly going to be the best recruiters. Sure. But again, your offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator, exactly. Your offensive coordinator doesn't do a lot of recruiting, so get the recruiting at another position. Maybe it's wide yep. receivers coach. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, is that, you know, if the way the staff works, they're at their coaching limit. And so if, if you do remove Darren Cheverini, all of a sudden you have a hole at receivers coach, you have a hole at offensive coordinator, and you get to bring in one coach. And so it's that crossover position unless you move somebody else out, right. which is what we saw last year actually when uh, – Oh, what, what did happen? Because you had Tyson Summers coaching the linebackers. Mark Smith goes to replace him at linebackers, and you promote Chris Wilson. Wilson so that's how they yeah. manage it. So, so there could be some moving parts here. But, again, you look through the coaching staff, it's, it's tough to say, like, who offensively disappointed? You know, when, when you look through, say, quarterback's coach, you, you can say the quarterback's absolutely disappointed, mm-hmm. but you also saw growth from a true freshman quarterback. Yep. And, and that's why from the outside, we just don't have the details that Carl Durrell does being on the ground, seeing every day, you know, was the growth because of or in spite of or all those different things. You can go through the positions. Offensive line coach, I guess, is the big question mark. Yeah, that's one that you got to get figured out. Maybe you do stick with Vlahos, um, who obviously was an improvement. Today wasn't great. <laughs> but today, yeah, the la- you know, the last couple games haven't been great. They haven't. Um, and again, it's up, to the, it's up to Carl to determine, is this a talent issue? If it is, how do we address that? Yep. Or is it a coaching issue and, you know, who can we get and who who do we need to replace? Or a scheme issue, too, yep. because we know that they he wants to run something else, um, which is, you know, again, that Dable Bills type of thing where he got Vlahos, um, and so they have that background, and you just can't make those big changes that early on. And so do they go and just say, you know what, this time we get a whole offseason to change up all the terminology, go back to what we were doing before. So... It'll be interesting. Um, Abs are down uh, 2-0, 90 seconds into the game. Yeah, I'm going to make a live bet here in a second. There you go. Hey, why don't we use that as an opportunity to bring up our good friends, DraftKings Sportsbook. So here's what I'm going to do right now. And if you guys uh, also want to make some money, you're going to do it too. 
Um, here's the reason we're doing this. So the, the Dallas Stars are up 2-0. It took them a minute and a half to do that. Meanwhile... The good news is that means there's 58 and a half minutes left, right? So many minutes. And the Avalanche have scored 36 goals in the last six games. Now, at some point, they're going to stop putting up six goals per game. I'm betting that it doesn't happen tonight. Avalanche plus 255. That means throw a little throw one unit on. We get, uh, get right 35.5. Oh. Log into place bet. I thought this would be a little bit quicker, but <laughs> there we go. Now I am in, and my $10... Oh, there's the number. We usually don't say numbers. Oh, we yeah. were talking about that. $10 turns into $35 if they pull it out. There you go, and if not, oh well. Oh well, it's $10. <laughs> At least I'm done losing money on the buffs this year. Um... Actually, they did cover today, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook. They're a great partner of ours. We really appreciate all the things that they do for us. And uh, mostly we just like betting with them. It's a lot of fun. I'm really excited on Sunday to get back to it, um, these live drive bets. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DMVR. You can bet $1 on any team to score. Win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DMVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 5700 <laughs> Nice. And we're back. <laughs> um, so, also, Hassle Cattle Company. Maybe you guys were smart and decided not to have turkey for Thanksgiving because turkey is very bland and very dry and flavorless. You seem like a guy who would like turkey. Not what I'm talking about, <laughs> Hassle Cattle Company. I mean, think about turkeys. It's a vehicle, right? Like, it's one day a year. It's a meal about gravy and stuffing and cranberry sauce. Right. Like, cranberry sauce is not meant to be eaten with a spoon. It's meant to be put on the turkey to give it the flavor. It's the, the palette for the paint. No, wait. It's the canvas for the paint. Uh, in the same way that, you know, uh, carrots are just... Uh, ranch spoons. Ranch spoons. Exactly. You got all sorts of foods like this. It's one day a year you embrace turkey. But in case you want meat that tastes good instead of the turkey... Hey, that's your Doesn't call. Doesn't need any cranberry sauce or stuffing. Nope. I do like the stuffing. But uh, the you can go to Hassle Cattle Company. They've got Wagyu beef. They're a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. Uh, they just restocked their boxes, according to uh, Dr. Nighthawk now. Yes. Congrats on being a doctor. I, I don't think I've said that yet. That's fairly new. Hell yeah, Dr. Um, Nighthawk. Best bang for your buck. Definitely get in on that. It's Wagyu beef. It's blue-collar beef, which means any man or woman can afford it. Uh, so... And it, treat yourself. It's the holiday season. You know what? You can argue about beef on Thanksgiving. Beef for Christmas. That's just great. Oh, yeah. we all, Actually, my family always does tenderloin mm. for Christmas. I like some prime rib. Ooh, that I, sounds great as well. I know. That's also beef. I was 95% <laughs> sure. But then I was like, wait. Yeah, we can move along. We're a we, prime rib on Christmas, family. It's the best. Prime oh, rib yeah. on Christmas. That's the rule. Go to Hassle Cattle Company. They've got all sorts of products. And... You can use the code DMVR15, get 15% off your entire purchase. I think you get free shipping with that, too. It's a great deal. Check them out. That's Hassle Cattle Company. Okay. Um, You know, we were going to do the blame game here just because we are going to pass the blame out. I think we have blame that covered. Blame has been <laughs> It sure has. There's no more blame to go around. No. It's all been given out. So let's go to the pain game. Oh, lovely. This is uh, actually going to hurt even worse than that last part. Uh, for those of you who are new here, oh, if you are new here, I should say, 
get over to the YouTube, watch this on YouTube because it's better quality, all that sort of stuff. And you can comment and we can see your comments. We want to hear what you guys think about this because the way this game works is we're going to bring up some different things that happen in the game, some different stats from the game, just things about the game. We're going to rate them on a 1 to 10 scale, basically saying how much did that hurt you. And again, a 1 is like uh, maybe you're walking down the street and you catch take, your like you catch your f foot on the sidewalk a little bit oh yeah and you're just like oh a little, little, little stumble there <laughs> you're like ah, I, I didn't like it it didn't really hurt a right. 10 though a 10 is like if you're walking down the street and you just get hit by a truck oh okay. except not going too fast you stay alive oh okay so right. you have to feel it um but yeah so one to ten scale like that let's uh Real quick, we've talked about this a lot. The punt on fourth and 13, one to 10, how much did that hurt you? I was prepared to have all zeros across the board coming into this game. You are very numb this season. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I just spent <laughs> so much Novocaine. Um, I, that was like an uh, 8.7. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like I didn't that, get you didn't like the, that one. I didn't get hit by the truck. It just like ran over my foot. <laughs> my foot's shattered in a million pieces. Wow. Um, I'll give it like a six. Again, it's the game was mostly over. It was. I had resigned myself, and I wasn't ever expecting to win. <laughs> I know you were. I just want to <laughs> see them try. It it was crazy. Like even on Twitter, where it's like I I said something, like oh buffs buffs get the field goal before halftime. It's fourteen six. Buffs are right in it, and people are responding like no they eh. aren't. <laughs> it's like it's a one score game, and they get the ball out of half. This is the definition of in it. But, but that's just where we're at at this point. Yeah, it's and I think Utah plays a part there too. Just that recent history, there's, I, th I think there's a fear. I think there's oh. a fear of Utah, a very real fear. Absolutely, they just push us around every time. Yeah, like remember that oh. snow game a couple years ago? Was, oh, were yeah. you around for that one? I was. And it was like, oh, the snow, like it's gonna slow down the game, and somehow like it slowed us down to a halt. And Utah is just like running all around, tossing yeah. the rock. It's just, yeah, they they gotta get something figured out in that game. But um, uh, how about the fourth down where Brendan Lewis threw it away? Just yeah, it's like a number. five. Like the game's over. Um, it doesn't really matter, but it's just like it's so frustrating. I know. And that's the same thing with um, with that that fourth down. Maybe that's why Carl Durrell didn't want to go for it because he just thought, oh, Brendan's just gonna <laughs> Brendan's run gonna to throw the it edge away. and throw it away anyway. I know. And that's I mean, that's what makes it so tough to grade for me is that I think you actually said it. It's like don't throw the ball away before the play I did. happens. I did. And I was thinking it. I think we're all thinking it because it's a fourth down. And we remember what happened against UCLA when he threw the ball away. And so I don't know if like going into it and thinking he's not really gonna do this. Yep. And then he rolls out to the sideline and you're like. Oh, no, I'm this like, is his move. This is what this looks like. This is what's happening. I'm like, just uncork one, Brendan. Please throw it 50 just, yards just down the field one. to no one. I don't care. Just keep it in the field of play. <laughs> I know. And so I don't know whether that hurt me more or less. Honestly, I, I laughed a little bit. Yeah. I, and so I'm going to say because of that, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, going pretty low today. Um, that was the end for me, by the way. I just walked out. Yep. <laughs> <Couldn't>, <laughs> he did. Couldn't handle anymore. Went down the stairs. Um. I want to bring this one up just okay. to make sure, um, because to me it's the second most painful thing of the game, other than Carl Durrell punting. Okay, um, it's you return the touchdown to go down just one, <laughs> and then Utah takes I believe two and a half minutes off the clock 
to once again yep. uh, go up by eight. That to me was uh, yep. seven, because again, I, I said it after the punt or after the kick return touchdown. I'm like, why do they do this? Why do they do this to me? Now, yep. now I believe, and I knew, I knew in the back of my head, like it's something terrible is going to happen very quickly. Yeah, and that's where we're like, or I, came, I at that point was thinking like, yeah, you know, it's a it's a one point game, even if it is an eight point game, like still so much time like there's fluky things happen plus who knows maybe they can hit on a deep pass maybe whatever i i thought that the buffs had probably more of a chance in this game than according to twitter just about anybody but that's where for me i was like oh yeah so this here it is and now everybody's joining me everybody's like yeah and it's like yeah guys it's not that bad and then they go down and do that and it's like no i was wrong everybody else was right yeah and uh yeah that that was probably a nine for me I mean that's it's not when the game ended, but that was again it's one or two times where well, top two moments where you say this is probably it. And on that drive, I, I'm trying to remember if there was a long pass, but I'm pretty sure it was mostly just long. Oh, they was that when they had the little wheel route to the tight end? Might have been. Um, but to me, I felt like coming into that drive, if I'm calling the defense, I'm saying we are making Rising beat us with his arm because he hasn't been doing it today. And I think they had three runs on that on that drive of 15, 20 yards. And every time, it's a light box, six man box, mm -hmm. um, maybe seven with one on the on the opposite edge, where it's just like, okay, well they're just gonna run away from that guy. Um, and it's so that was really frustrating for me today too. I felt like they didn't commit enough resources to the run to force Rising to beat them with his arm. Yep. What did he throw? Seventeen passes. Um, one sec. Let's hit this real quick first. Kay. So. Britton Covey returned the punt 29 yards to the 32. Then they run for 6. They run for 13. They pass for 11. They run for 8. They pass for 16. They run for 2. And then a 12-yard touchdown run. Just really no wins in there. One win. You got them You got them to 2nd and 4, and you got them to 2nd and 2. And then I guess at the end, you got them to 2nd and 8, and that was a touchdown. Like, there was just no resistance. And again, there was just it was just kind of empty in the middle of the field. And I think you brought that up during during the game a little bit on just like why is there one, one linebacker, linebacker. Yeah. the answer is because usually that one linebacker is nate landman right and, and so and you have he, nate going nate, everywhere nate he covers it all door. up yeah but it's not nate and it doesn't work and it probably should have made a change sooner but yeah it, it was ugly and to get to the the quarterback so 23 passes Oof. 117 179 yards um 14 completions i just felt like you needed to try to make him throw the ball more. Yeah. And again, come you know, if you go watch us talking on bets in the pregame, I wasn't expecting the buffs to be able to stop the run. I just feel like you gotta commit heavy resources yep. to try make and them just, pass. And just make them pass. Weird things happen when you pass the ball. They had um, both of their running backs go over a hundred yards. Yep. Five and five point seven for Thomas, seven point nine for Pledger. Those are just like those are numbers that you see when you you play an FCS school. It's true, and you'd be happy about those numbers against an FCS school. How how do those numbers make you feel? Those two running backs in their rushing lines, uh, twenty five, one forty two, and a touchdown, thirteen for one hundred three. That's a, a four, only because I just really? knew I saw it coming. Two going for a hundred yards. Yeah, I just uh, I told you before <laughs> the game. There's no way the Buffs have what it takes from the linebacker position no disrespect to Quinn yeah. Perry or Robert Barnes but those guys just aren't like guys that can stop Utah's big old offensive line from running all over them 
multiple times today where the fit didn't fit right and yep. you know it happens all over again and it's just like oh it's tough to watch so and and there are other guys who were making plays you know the defensive line not yep. consistently they they definitely got pushed around a little bit but they got into the backfield and made some plays Terrence I mean, Lang had one yeah Terrence Lang had a tackle for loss you had Sami with a tackle for loss Naeem Rodman had a tackle for loss you had the outside linebackers Carson Wells was making plays out there Devin Grant had two tackles for loss there were plays that were happening, but just seemed like as soon as the running backs got past that first level, they were just off and running until one of the corners could track them down. I don't know what is wrong with this Avs team, dude. They're getting bombarded. Eh, it's hockey. <laughs> They'll wake up. Um, yeah, what else in here? Let's, uh, 9 for 23, 84 yards. 1 to 10. How does that make you feel for Brendan Lewis? <sighs> It just felt like a step in the wrong direction. That's why it's probably yeah. a five or six. Yep. Um, it's frustrating when you start to get a little hope for him. And I was thinking, like, man, if he can go just have himself a game today, mm-hmm. it'll go a long way in towards making people yeah. feel better. And, I, and, again, I wasn't expecting him to throw for 400 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if he can go, you know, 19 of 27 for 225 yards and two touchdowns Mm -hmm. like that's like wow look at how far he came this looked like you know um the the minnesota game or one of those games from the early season where he snaps the ball he runs out of the pocket he throws it away how much so so he obviously struggled how much of those struggles do you put on him how much on the offensive line uh 70 30 on the line i think that's fair yeah, I think that's right. I mean, it was just all day. And and again, it's so easy for me to sit here and say, "Hang in there in the pocket." <laughs> <laughs> and this dude is just getting his world yeah turned upside down every single time he stays in the pocket. And it, to his credit, he did you know probably six of those completions he got hit on. Yeah, um, and, and it's not like these are the USC guys either. No, like these are big, yes. big linemen hitting him right in the teeth. De- Devin Lloyd could have taken him out of the game. Yeah. I think I think there's probably at least 20% of quarterbacks after that hit in the first quarter, they're done for the day. Yeah. and He's a first-round draft pick, by the way. You can make, probably make the argument that he should have been done for the day. Um, yeah. Just based on the way he got up and was kind of moving around after that. Yep. Um, but again, you know, this is a... It, to me, it's on it's on the staff that they didn't have a single other quarterback that they felt comfortable with putting in any game this year after mm-hmm. – uh, why do I keep blanking on – Trout. After yep. Trout went down, they didn't have anyone. Anyone other like, – so it was just yeah. Brendan Lewis or Buss. Like, how – if if they didn't believe in Drew Carter and, – and I have heard some stuff of, like, they felt like they set Brendan back by playing him before he was ready and they didn't want to do that to another yeah. quarterback. And maybe that's true. But, like – were, were the Buffs lucky that Brendan Lewis was healthy the whole season? What would it have looked yeah. like if they didn't have him? Who knows? But I will – my one thing there, though, is that – so Sam Neuer transfers after spring ball. So it's late – mid-May. I think it was mid-May he transfers. Do you just go to the portal right then and see if you can find somebody? Because yeah. I don't know who you're even able to add. You know, when Shrout got hurt, they went and got Mott, but he was D3, University of Chicago. Like, yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know how who who even was out there to fix that. I mean, if Sam Neuer's out there at that time, there's <laughs> other know. guys that, that are like you Sam would think. Neuer. Well, do you think? Um, and, and this is an interesting thing. Where does this team go? Let's just say Shrout 
was better than Neuer. Mm-hmm. He than definitely the Neuer yeah. was last year. Does this team win another game? Because their wins, uh, you know, their wins were their wins. Their losses, the only I guess you could say the Texas A&M game is the one where you say if they had competent quarterback play in that game, they probably win. So it's a five-win team. I don't see again football games don't work like this where you can just like go exactly. back and change one thing, but. I don't see a lot of opportunity where you could say, oh, this this game would have been different if they had better quarterback play. A lot of mm-hmm. the losses, they just got manhandled, and that, the quarterback was a big part of it. It's tough. Because even that Texas A&M game, you say, okay, if he, how much of an upgrade does he really need to be to make up a three-point gap? How much better? Probably not that much better. Like three throws. But then you look at it and say, well, Brendan Lewis did run for 76 yards, and there was a point in the game where his legs were kind of what was keeping things going. And but if you lose that, but you add whatever. going was to the tune of seven points. Didn't turn the ball. Oh, he did turn the ball over. There was that first drive yeah, or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so tough to go back and say what would have happened. But it's one, things would be to different. Me, to me, it's one win, and maybe there's just a different game where you get out to an early lead. So, yeah, that's the crazy part about this team is – they they weren't necessarily as bad as they felt. And I think a lot of that has to do with sure. the quarterback and offensive line being so bad. For sure. I totally agree. Um they yeah. Again, 4 and 8 is never good, but it's easy to get lost in the fact that they're 4 and 8 when they won two of their last four. So at one point you're sitting there saying they're 2 and 6. A couple games before that, they're 1 and 4. And so you're always behind the eight ball. There was never a point in the season where you're like, okay, if they can just turn it around. Eh, turning it around would have meant closing out the season by beating Oregon State, UCLA, Washington, and Utah. And that's yeah. just not on the table. It's something we talked about with the Broncos. They didn't win a game in September for three years. And so you just it's feel just like done. nothing matters for three months yeah. plus out of those seasons. And it's the same thing here. And, you know, we talked about this earlier, too, but there's a big, big difference between 4 and 8 and 5 and 7. And uh, there's also a big difference between 3 and 9 and 4 and 8. Yeah. I yeah. would say. 4 and 8 feels like, okay, you were just you were just bad that year. 3 mm-hmm. and 9 is like you were terrible. Anything worse than that is you were awful. 5 and 7 is like, yeah, you're... You were close. You're an average team. But you won about half your games. No, they, they weren't. They so, weren't. I think 4 and 8... I think 4 and 8 is honestly a win for them. Uh, as crazy as it may sound, like wasn't I mean Vegas I'd, said three and a half, right? So, over the expectation, beat Vegas. Yeah, uh, it's it's disappointing that that's where this ended up. But I really do think, I think they ended up in their like with what they had. I think that four wins was probably their best case scenario with that annoying A and M game being the one that you feel like, man, they maybe could have stole one mm-hmm. there. And this whole season could have been different if they did. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, they don't lose thirty to zero to Minnesota the next week if they beat A and M. They probably they might still lose the game, but I don't think they lose thirty to zero. I uh, maybe it's just so tough to say. I like, was that, there really a hangover from that game? I think it was like an emotional hangover. Potentially. Yeah. Okay. Um. So here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you guys about a couple of our friends. While I do that, I want to hear your helmet stickers in the chat because that's how we're gonna wrap things up. Um. Just close things out on a positive note like we do. Season-long helmet stickers or... Ooh. You want to save that one Let's for save a that. later it, show. Okay. Can't be, uh, can't be doing that with a 10-month offseason. Fair. Um, so, yeah. Throw your helmet stickers in the chat. We'll get to ours in a second. Uh, first of all, ball. 
we uh we love ball because they support the avs and the nuggets like they've all of a sudden just become a part of my life it's like everywhere i go it's ball this it's ball that big ball guy every time i see a can every time every time i see recycling i think of ball and aluminum and i'm like oh 75 percent of all aluminum is still in circulation in circulation ball has become such a huge part of my life and if you've been watching the show you've been listening to the podcast You've probably been thinking about Ball a lot, too. Uh, they really do great work. They make 100 billion cans or something like that. Just absurd. Um, and if you want to work for them, you should do that because they have a plant here in Golden, and uh, they, they have all sorts of uh, acknowledgments from, for example, the Human Rights Campaign. It gives them a 100% corporate equity score. And, uh, I mean... We we gotta trust the human rights campaign, so definitely get in on that. And if you're looking for a job, text Golden to seven seven two two two. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden, or simply text Golden to seven seven two two two. And also, Saturday Neon. Uh, we we have a couple of their signs. We got one good one, one really bad one. I shouldn't say that during the ad read. It's a They're, it's a CSU. It's a one. good looking CSU sign if there was such a thing. Wow, I'm gonna we got we gotta get a recording that we're gonna cut the if there is such a thing. But okay, that's fine. It's a thing you said. There are there are great signs and uh, they're like the neon signs. You can get different sizes and they're great gifts. I would be stoked to get one of those as a gift. I'm sure. I don't. I don't need, like, Colorado. I'm not a big Colorado guy. If there was, like, a big Grizz one, I'm not sure they have a Grizz one just because I would be the only one who'd buy it. <laughs> but it, uh, they really are cool. And it's it's a company started by two Buff alums. Uh, they're based in Denver. They'll give you free shipping. And if you use the code DMVR, you get 10% off. It's a great Christmas gift, so definitely check that out. All right. Time for helmet stickers. And we've got to start off with our DraftKings king of the game. Hell yeah. Nico Reed. Nico he's, Reed. He, he, so good. <laughs> nobody took a picture. So good that All no season. one's ever <laughs> taken a picture of him. But he got the king of the game today. Uh, and to me, maybe the bright spot of the last two weeks. Obviously, you're going to win last week, so that's a plenty big bright spot. But you bring in a freshman, um, and he balls out over the last two games of the season. That's something you can hang your hat on next year. Like, I guarantee you when you're doing your season preview podcast next season, you're going to be talking about Nico Reed and saying, hey, man, he played admirably at the end of the season. And obviously he was electric on that kick return. Maybe he, he probably – I don't know if he takes that job from Brendan Rice next year. I wouldn't be surprised just because – Injury risk. Brendan Rice – exactly. You don't want to get Brendan Rice hurt. Uh, you don't want to get Nico Reed hurt either, but he's got a kick return under his belt now. So – Yep. Um, Really exciting to, you know, get a little bit out of him. There'll be pictures of him next year. Definitely. Definitely. Crazy thing, though, they have so many corners. Because they are they have Christian Gonzalez and Makai Blackman. Yep. I, I'm assuming Makai is back. I don't think he'd leave, but you never know. Nigel Bethel, who's playing out of his mind early in the season. Yep. That's when they were playing so much man, when they just had three guys locking him down. And then from there... You get to the, I mean, even before the season, three of the six corners on the depth chart were these true freshmen with uh, Nico and Kayla Moore and Tyron Taylor, who's been playing a lot more safety recently. And he's playing safety just because there's not enough room. And he's a decent football player. But again, let's bring this up. Everybody hates on Carl Durrell's recruiting. That's one nice one. Nice piece. He, Nico Reed, a .81 recruit. What He's not that? playing like a .81 recruit. What is a .81? Like a low three-star. Okay, all right. Wow, 
Why can't we just do it on a normal scale? Why do we do it at all? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's like doing like power rankings. I like, know. You don't, because we don't, there's a 10-month off season. Well, exactly. We need something to talk about. But I don't know why they can't just go on like a scale of 1 to 100. 1 to 10. That is the weird thing. Yeah, 1 to 100. Because you never see anybody below like a 77. Right. It's like 77 to 100. It's like boxing. It's all 9s and 10s. Well, because they don't give out... Uh, two stars do they it's just three no yeah so yeah so it's weird but again you've seen some good things also i mean shout kayla moore he was hurt didn't play today he uh he played 139 snaps this season out of 39 defenders that that played a snap for colorado he ranked eighth on pro football focus you don't him. put too much stock into all that but you've seen some good things from these young guys nico reed was 11th by the way and that's before today so you imagine that go up yeah um some flaws whatever that kick return was the highlight of the day by far. He's the king of the game. Uh, how much time we got here? Got 13 minutes for helmet stickers. All right. Who you got, Ryan? Uh, who else deserves a helmet sticker? <laughs> this is gonna dra- I'm going to drag this one helmet sticker out <laughs> for 13 minutes. Um, let me give a helmet sticker to Carson Wells. Um, That's a good one. Who I think was the best defensive player for the Buffs this year. Um, obviously yeah. Nate would have had that title if he played more yep. unfortunate that he didn't. Um, but I mean, especially down this stretch, we saw the Carson Wells that we knew and loved. Absolutely. And again, like you look at the stats, I guess he was second on the team in tackles with eight, but no tackles for loss, nothing else registered there, but he was just making so many plays. He was, he was, he held his own. He did better than holding his own. He yep. won his matchup in a game where you gave up 200 yard rushers. And he had that amazing fourth down stop where he really covered two guys at the same time uh, on the option. It's a really difficult place to be when you, I mean, they packed in the middle on that defensive stand. Now you could say that maybe rising could have made a play and pitched it out there, but Carson trapped him into doing what he wanted to by saying like, he turned his body. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm covering the pitch. What are you going to do? And of course, as soon as he tucks it, he makes the play and stops Mm -hmm. him. It wasn't a tackle for loss, but they needed two. They got one. Yep. Exactly. Um, I'll go Devin Grant, outside linebacker on the other yes. side. He's seen his work increase significantly these last few weeks with injuries to first guy Thomas and then to Jamar Montgomery and uh, uh, Josh Gustav as well. He looks like a player. He's out there making plays. Yep. And there were some mistakes as well, but that's to be expected. Two tackles for loss. Uh, there, there were some great plays out on the boundary, some good tackles out there bringing guys down that, you, you know, as a, as a second-year freshman, you don't necessarily expect him to be able to make. I, uh, I'm excited. You know, Carson is moving on after this season. Is that like 100% or is that more of like a Mustafa-like situation? Where So that's the thing is it could turn into that. Okay. If he goes, so you can always withdraw from the draft up until whatever point. And there's a chance that he decides to do that if people say, like, no, we just got to see more tape. But, I mean... He's probably gone. I think... Yeah. Man, where do you see him going? I mean, is he uh, day three? Like, can he sneak up there with a good combine if he gets invited? I mean, if he does well in the offseason, then yes. But he needs to do that. You know, I'm he's shocked by what he's listed at. He's listed at 6'4", 250. I do not think he's that big. 6'4", might be a stretch. But, again, like... When I talk to him, I always feel like my eyes are looking at his beard. 
So yeah, six four, six three, maybe. That's I mean that's legit. That's legit size for where he's gonna have to play in the NFL. It is, and he's got to test well too. But he's got good numbers. I mean, what last year's second in the nation tackles for loss per game. This season, second in the Pac-12 in tackles for loss. He's got some things that you point at and say, "Wow, that's that's a good player." Um, we just have to see how it shakes out. He's a tough evaluation. Um, yeah. So you you live in a world where he's not gonna be here. Yeah. You let you, you, you know. Walking to senior day, it's, De- I think he told Brian that he was going. Like, Devin Grant um, last week looked really in over his head. And yes, this he week, did. He looked like he knew what he was doing, which is great to see. You just want to see those young guys look like athletes out there. You can deal with the coach them up later. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, who else jumps out to you? Who else uh, slowly walks out to you? I don't, I don't think know, anybody's man. jumping. Uh, oh, Mark Perry. Yeah. Had a couple plays, again, where you'd like to see a little bit more in terms of tackling technique. Miss some tackles Miss on some, some tackles of those big runs. On some of the big runs. Um, it's not a fun place to be when you're the safety and the running back has gotten through all of ev- everyone else and it's down to just you <laughs> It's left. just you in space with a man charging at you. So it's not an easy assignment. That's the one place where I ask for more of him, but... He, he got so much better yep. from a coverage standpoint from week one to whatever, week 12. Is that what this is? Week 13? 13, yeah. Um, he got a lot better from there. Obviously has the pick today, has a big pass breakup on a third down. I big hit the play before that too. Yep. So uh, definitely proud of his progression over the year. Yeah. And I mean, he's one who you just always looked at him and said like, what? what are you going to do well? Like, what is going to be the reason you're on the field? Like, with Nate, it's because you just can't run in the middle of the field. With Jalen Sami, you clog everything up in there, and maybe you can sneak through. Carson's just going to dominate his edge. Uh, Christian Gonzalez can lock somebody. What is Mark Perry's thing? It's like he's fast, but that's not a football skill. Like, you need to right, find something. Right. And so seeing him make some of those hits, that's a good sign because maybe he's a hitter. Maybe, big, maybe that's something he provides. That speed, so he is. That should result in big hits once in a while. You know, he started I mean, two interceptions in three games, all three career interceptions this season. Is he somebody who starts to Be a ball find hawk, the ball? And yeah. so you're at least seeing a couple of these areas where you say this is where Mark Perry could really excel and could really be an impact player. And again, I mean, what he's going into this will be his fourth year now. He had one year under Davion Taylor, where he's behind him. Than last year, this year, so he's going into his fourth season. That's where you're like. That's it. Yeah. The thing, the hard thing about that is you're just hoping for a breakthrough. Yep. And if that breakthrough comes, he has every tool to be an awesome piece of the defense for next sure. Year. But everyone thinks that progression is linear for players, and it, it's just not true. There is mm-hmm. a chance that he just—that's who he is. You yep. cross your fingers and hope that hey, it all clicks for him. As now he's a grown ass man out there. Exactly. And that's the thing. What was what is our one complaint today? Missed a few tackles. Yep. If he's able to get those guys on the ground, then all of a sudden he might be your best defensive player today. He would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who? Oh, that was your helmet sticker. I thought I was trying to decide whether to give it to him and then just pass it off to you. <laughs> um, I'll give one to uh, Dimitri Stanley. He showed up today. He yeah. made some plays. Um, we, he'd been quiet for a while, mostly because he'd missed the three, four games with injuries. Who made any plays? Uh, Brady Russell. Yeah. I mean, everybody else was. Uh, one catch for single digits and and going through that i mean let's just run through these because it's so quick to talk about who caught balls three catches for 48 for dimitri stanley two for 12 for brady russell one for nine for daniel arias one for six for alex fontenot one for six for matt lynch one for three for chris carpenter 
you're down Brendan Rice. You have Levante is out the door. You're down Montana Lamonius Craig, who is next up in front of Ty Robinson and Chase Penry. There's Ty Robinson, was he out there today? He was. Yeah. Um Dimitri was was the best out of those guys today and you needed As that he should from be. Him. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else you want to give a shout out to? Uh, you can't give it to Cole Becker with a miss too, right? Fifty six no, yards is good. Okay. That fifty six yarder was the most impressive fifty six yarder I've seen from a CU kicker since Mason Crosby. Meaning it just looked like fifty six was a chip shot for him. Now mm-hmm. it had low trajectory, but he did not swing hard at that. No, he did not. It's like when you're on the tee box, right? And you're like, Oh, I'm just gonna try and get one out there and it just hits the center of the face and just goes. Yep. That's how he was on that kick. Really impressive. If there's something to be excited about moving forward, like if you're making a list, you would put Cole Becker on the list. Easily. Well, let's close this out by making that list. Next year, what are you most excited about? We're just looking for players' names. Is number one Brendan Rice or Christian Gonzalez? I have to go elsewhere. I'm oh, really? Say number one is JT Shroud. <laughs> okay, I I'm get just it. Crossing my fingers <laughs> that that's a guy, and I hate yep. doing this because we've done it before where it's like, you put all of your eggs in the transfer quarterback basket, and you always have to keep in mind, like, there's a reason he didn't play at that other place. Now, the other yep. place was Tennessee. So yeah. it's not like they're having issues recruiting quarterbacks. Um, at least, you know, they're going to get a decent recruit every year. Yep. So the fact that he didn't pop over whoever else they rolled with um, is not a huge concern. But I don't like doing this. A guy coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. It's For me, it's going to be what I'm saying a month before the season when he's inevitably named the starter – like, that's our key. If he's actually legit, we can be legit. Yep. Then it's Brendan Rice. Then it's Brendan Rice. I'm, I'm going to go, oh. it's, it's I'm so torn. Christian Gonzalez is so good. But Brendan Rice, I mean, it's just flashier, right? Yeah. Like, you get the ball in his hands, he goes to work. Christian Gonzalez is quiet. But those those two, to me, are easily at the top. And that new, uh, def- the new offensive coordinator is I'm going hyped. to look at Brendan Rice and say, <laughs> We got to get that guy the rock. Can I put him at the top of the list? Yeah. <laughs> uh, offensive coordinator X. Top of the list. <laughs> uh, we can end it on that note. All right. Uh, thanks for jumping in with this, Ryan. Shout to producer, super producer Kale behind the scenes. Last postgame show of the football season. Also, don't miss out on incredible Black Friday deals at DNVR Locker right now. If you see them, you probably can't behind my microphone. Rocking the uh, crying Nebraska kid. You can get that. On, st- on sale, it's back in stock. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Nebraska blows a 15-point lead today uh, and loses to Iowa, which is just mm, chef's yep. kiss. <laughs> Love best, it. best part of today from a college football standpoint. Love uh, it. So get in. Uh, the Nate Landman shirt's on sale. Uh, everything over there on sale at the DNVR locker. So get in on that. Awesome. And we will uh, see you guys Sunday post-game after the first conference basketball game of the season. Let's go. Playing Stanford. Stanford sucks. This is going to be a wild one. Hell yeah. We'll see you guys then.